Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you are joining us at Marnie's Friends, and excited to have you here for this lovely program that we have for you today, talking about 14 creative ways to say I love you. And during this hour, Joyce Zook of PracticalChristianWoman.com is going to share with us 14 wonderful, maybe not so intuitive ways that you can communicate love to your partner. And uh, during this hour, she's going to go through these things and help you to see ways to think about it that maybe you haven't thought about before. Joyce is a great one to share this information with us because she is the award-winning author of a book called 12 Keys for Marriage Success. She's also an international speaker and marriage coach. She's married to a military officer who is retired now after 37 years. And I welcome you, Joyce Zook. Well, thank you. It's great to be here today. Oh, and it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for coming in. You know, um, Valentine's Day is right around the corner as we're uh, doing this program, but it's great to remember these things all year long. Um, once a year, this really comes to the forefront in our thoughts how to say say and do something especially loving on Valentine's. But, of course, it's important to do that all, t- all the time. You have been married for 37 years, and I am just curious, um, has there ever been a time when you didn't feel very loving towards your spouse? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think when people say, what's the biggest thing to keep it together for 37 years, it's forgiveness. Um mm. Um, yeah, there's been times where, I, no, I haven't always been loving. And that, that's part of the reason why I'm so, I love to talk to women about this so much because staying married for 37 years means that you for, you've gotten over a lot of humps. There's been a lot of good times. There's been a lot of bad times. Fortunately, the longer we're married, the more good times there are than bad times. So we've worked a lot of things out in 37 years. I really love that, and I think that's so true. I mean, we're like um, 34 years this year, and I think that when I talk to young wives, that is something I frequently say, is that hang in there, because as you go forward, you kind of learn more about each other. You learn more what, what works and doesn't work with the other person, what makes them tick. They learn what makes you tick a little bit and what ticks you off. <laughs> it all works together to help us to uh, actually be able to relax and enjoy the relationship more as years go by. I feel like for me, too, that as the years go by, there's a level of confidence that comes in the relationship that isn't there at the beginning. Um, you've made the commitment, but you don't have the track record to show that you're really going to stick with it. And I feel like after the years go by, um, not that people don't you know, have trouble later in their marriages, a lot of people do, but at the same time, when you've been through some things together, some really hard things, um, it does tend to give a little more confidence in the relationship, doesn't it? It does. And, and and at the same time, though, I like to encourage the younger gals. I work a lot with younger younger women, and I like to encourage them not to ignore their spouse, though, because that's the biggest problem I see women, men and women both doing, is they ignore each other in the busy stages of having kiddos and all that kind of thing. And then, particularly my, being around the military community, we see a lot of people when they get to that retirement age, which is pretty young with the military. Uh, in other words, it's about 20 years, 20, 25 years into the marriage. Many of them, they don't know each other anymore. And so it's like, why stick around? Right. And so 
it really takes that commitment to continue staying connected regardless of what's happening in, in your lives. Um, otherwise, there's nothing left there once the kiddos leave home. So yeah. um, that that's a big thing I see here. But you're right. We've had so many, as someone once said, it was kind of a funny thing to me, but they said, why would I want to start over again and have to retrain somebody? Not that we <laughs> husband, but I'm thinking, why would I want to start over again and have to go through all kinds of new experiences to develop the same level, as you said, trust that we have at this point? And, right. um, you know, some people do remarry, and I'm not saying that's not a great idea when, when the spouse dies, but but um, we have. We've had a lot of experiences together. We've learned a lot of things together. And we know each other's good points and bad points, and so that's that's a good that's a good thing. It is a good thing. <laughs> it is a very good thing. Well, let's go ahead and dive in then with uh, tip number one: a creative way to say "I love you." Mm-hmm. The first tip, and, and this is one that many gals don't don't realize, but that's spending time with the Lord. If you could imagine a triangle, and on the bottom of the two corners, at the bottom parts of the triangle. You have the husband on one side and the wife on the other side. And at the very top point of the triangle, you put God up there. As each of the husband and wife drive closer to the to the Lord, either side or both of them together, they actually get closer together because that triangle gets narrower. So spending time with the Lord and, and developing your own personal relationship with him, whether a spouse does or not, actually will draw you closer to your husband or your wife. And... Um, it's just the neatest thing. Plus, you learn from the greatest person of all that knows about love, God himself and Jesus Christ. You learn about what love really is. And mm-hmm. so that is, is one way that we can really, really love our spouses is actually developing our own relationship with God himself. Mm, I love that. And then, too, mm-hmm. as as we spend time with God, we become, you know, attuned to him and, and conscious of his presence, awareness with us, and he can flow his love through us even when we don't have any, <laughs> when we mm-hmm. simply do mm-hmm. not have any. That's mm-hmm. okay because God has some mm-hmm. for our spouse right in that moment. So that's great. The second uh, way to say I love you is kind of interesting. You say take care of your health. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, many gals um, – as I said, I work with a lot of young moms, and they'll be having a lot of babies. And and then they don't care about whether they're going to stay in shape, whether they're going to exercise, they're too tired, too this, too that. They put on a lot of weight. They don't think about ever getting it off. And and then, then they get to the kids who are like high schoolers, and suddenly they have no energy, and they're totally drained, and they have nothing left. But if we don't take if, – if we decide to take care of our health as we go through life and, and make the best of what God's given us through each stage – then we have the most love and time and energy to share with our husband. Um, Because it's really hard to share something you don't have anymore. If you don't have time or you're too exhausted, you're not very fun to talk to. (laughs) You know, and and why would I want to go sit and spend some time talking with my husband if all I could think about is going to bed because I'm exhausted? Well, yes, we're going to have times we're exhausted, but if we maintain our health and we continue getting some exercise, get regular doctor's visits, work for that sleep that we need um, on a regular basis, those things will help us maintain the best health we can have. And then that's an awesome gift we can give our husbands. Um, with that, too, when we maintain the best health, we also will look the most attractive that we can. Um, just saying, I know a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with weight. But when you can manage that, 
and do the best you can with it to keep it down to a good level for you, then you also are more attractive. Is that advice saying guys aren't going to like women that are, you know, their wife or she's not, it's not slender and thin? No, but we still love each other. But why not give that gift both to yourself and to yourself of looking the very best that you can? Hmm. Well, that and uh, I want. I'm thinking about exercise too. And mm-hmm. when you exercise, especially if you're doing an aerobic exercise, even for mm-hmm. as low as 15 minutes, it's releasing endorphins, which are feel-good mm-hmm. um, hormones in your body. It's actually when you're tired. That's one of the very best things you can do. And you can even just, especially if you have like little ones, you can even just put some some peppy music on and dance around with your kids for 10, 15 minutes. It's amazing how just a little bit of physical action can turn that lethargy or exhaustion right around and you still need to get your sleep of course but um that really helps i was thinking about smiling too in the physiology mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. just determining to put a smile on your face uh, it changes how you look of course but it actually changes more than that uh, joyce i remember one of the first places i worked and i was a manager for a fitness company and it was called spa petite and they they had uh it was a chain all over the country and what one of the things they taught me when i first worked for them part-time was they said you can only say three things when people say how are you today you can only say three things you can only say super fantastic or great <laughs> now try okay. to say one of those without smiling right okay so uh-huh. you, you just can't say I'm fantastic. Well, you know, I mean, it just, it doesn't work. So even what I found was that I found even if I went in with a cold or I didn't feel good that day or whatever, and I had to go to work and I had to just be the greeter and I would just come in and people would be like, how are you today? And you would so badly want to say, I'm exhausted or I'm sick or whatever, but you only have these three words you could say, super fantastic or great. And what I learned, they forced me to learn this. What I learned was that if I had to say that 10, 20 times to people with a smile on my face, it changed how I felt. I maybe didn't get all the way better. I maybe didn't feel like 100%, but I did feel better simply by changing the physiology, by changing my mind, by having to say, I feel great, or I'm doing great, super fantastic. And I don't think we have to lie all the time with our husbands as far as, you know, we can be honest about how we're feeling. But at the same time, it does, like you said, it does kind of get old to have a person who's just always exhausted, always, um, you know, never smiling, never engaging. And it's been shown, too, that when they have done tests on on what attracts a man to a woman, it's not the way she physically looks as much. The first thing that's going to attract him is is a smile. Yeah. So that's kind of cool that it doesn't really, you know, yes, we want to look as best we can and take as good a health we can, but the most attractive thing we can put on is a smile. Mm-hmm. I love that. And even and even if you're feeling today out of shape and maybe like you don't look the best that you could and you can't really fix all that today, uh, you can maybe start part of it. You can't get it all done today. You can always put a smile on that, something that's always available to you. And the best place to start with the smile, of course, is to be happy inside, to actually experience joy inside of your heart. And And I just keep running back to Jesus for that when I don't feel that way you know, God God can help me to find something to be thankful for, something to take delight in in almost every day and situation. Then the next one, number three, is to ask him how his day was. Now, that's kind of a, a maybe so simple that you're like, how could that possibly communicate love? But what are your thoughts on it? Well, that's the simple part of, the, of, of this 
of this uh, um, way to say I love you. The hard part's the second part, and that's to really listen to him. So many times husbands are coming in home and, and the wife is either she's just running in from work or she's been home with the kids all day and she's in the kitchen. And, and so you're passing. So when you ask that question, we don't stop and focus and look at the person and really listen to what they're saying to us. And I've had gals tell me, oh, but I'm going to burn dinner. I said, well, take it off the burner. <laughs> you know, turn it down. Um, you know, do something. But take a moment or two and really look at the person and pay attention to what they're saying. Otherwise, it's no different than if you're walking down a busy street and somebody says, how are you doing? You say, fine, fine, fine. It meant nothing. But to really focus says, I love you. I care about you. I really do care how your day actually went. And um, I, so that's, that's the hard part. Just saying, how's your day been, is great. But if you don't listen, why even ask? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just really. But that takes a, a decided effort. It mm-hmm. takes stopping what you're doing and paying attention to him for just a minute, hopefully just a minute or two. If he's got a long discussion and you know that dinner's there and the kids are screaming, I want to listen to that. Can I? Can you tell me more over dinner? Or can we can sit with a cup of coffee or tea after dinner and you can sit and tell me all about it? But, you know, because I understand kiddos and dinner and all that kind of stuff. But take that few moments. Um, if you combine that with a kiss, too, it's even better. <laughs> I love that. You know, uh, when I'm training staff at our businesses, because we're in customer service, both at the restaurant as well as at the retail store. So when our training staff, I always talk about the importance of eye contact. And when a new customer walks through the door, first time today, um, we want to greet them with a smile. And also, we want to look directly into their eyes and to greet them and to let them know, I see you. You've been seen. I'm glad you're here. And uh, I always tell them it takes two to three seconds to accomplish that. You don't want to hold it for more than eight seconds because after about eight, nine seconds, the person thinks you're romantically interested in them. (laughs) So you really want to be careful how far you take that in a customer service relationship. But in a marriage relationship, it really only takes eight to ten seconds of eye contact to communicate to the person, I love you. I am. I see something in you that I don't see in the average person. And so that's just eight, eight to ten seconds. It doesn't take very long. Then the other one is the training that I saw years ago, and I, I can't remember the guy's name. He wrote a book on it and has this whole training on it. But to sum it all down to very concise, it's so important that when you walk into a setting – Um, that you greet the most important person first. So a lot of us, like if we're gone for a while and we come in and there's dad and he's playing on the floor with the kids and there's the dog, you know, a lot of times, uh, gals, we'll go over and pick up the baby first or we will even pet the dog first. And so what we need to do is we need to go right directly over to the spouse, plant one on him, hi, good to see you, and then say hi to the baby and the dog. And it's just important to do that and to just recognize that there really is a relationship that's going to last longer and be closer than that with your dog or your kids. Uh, when those when when the dog's gone and the kids have moved away, uh, you're still going to be together, and that's the relationship that's the most important. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Joyce Zook of PracticalChristianWoman.com. We're going to come back and talk about the next few ways to creatively say, I love you.
today from the speaker.com speaker today. What is the speaker? Oh, wait, no, that's not. It's still text it. It's a program for the speaker.com, bio, Facebook, recommendation, people who are on the stage, or just like books, you need it, and everything like that. If you have a question, please just check out all the great Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you're joining us today at Marnie's Friends. Our guest today, Joyce Zook, is a speaker and an author of a book called 12 Keys for Marriage Success that you're going to want to check out. Her website is practicalchristianwoman.com, and she is sharing with us 14 creative ways to say I love you. Joyce, let's talk about number four. Yes, the way we dress. You know, we can dress just to please ourselves, and as women, many times we do that or we'll, we'll not care. We just want something comfortable. Or if we're going to dress nicely, we, we dress to please a girlfriend. But you know that first time that you were going to date that guy or maybe the second or third time, the one that you married, you always wanted to dress up and look nice for him. Now, I'm not saying that every day is a date day and we need to dress up and look nice, but there are those occasions you want to dress in a way that pleases him. And there's so many options out there of ways to dress. And to dress in a way that say, you know, I, I bought a top one time and, and I thought it looked really, really cute. And I asked my husband what he thought and he says, ooh, I don't like that one. Well, you know, I wasn't going to feel good keep wearing that top if I knew every time I looked, my husband looked at me, he didn't like that top. And there's enough tops out there. I could return that one, go get me another one that he did like. And then I knew when he looked at me, he liked the top I was wearing. And so <laughs> that's kind of what I'm talking about. Now, if your husband wants clothes that you don't feel, that you feel are too revealing, well, wear those on a date or wear them at home just for him. Um, so there's ways to dress to, to please your man, also feel comfortable out in society. But, you know, what we're talking about our attitude being positive, too. They actually say that if you'll um, brush your hair, style your brush it, style it, whatever you do, moves it, whatever you do, and put that smile on your face, if you wear a little makeup to do that, and and pick up the baby the shirt that the baby spit on when you greet your husband, you'll feel better and you'll look more attractive. And it actually says, you are important enough to me that I want to look nice for you. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And I had kind of a similar situation. I had this cute little um, short set that I would wear. And uh, Dave at one point said, um, he just said, you really like that, don't you, that outfit? And I'm like, I love it. I can't believe how cute I feel in it. And he said, not my favorite. And I'm like, oh, bummer. It's like totally my favorite. Okay, whatever. So I would just wear that when he wasn't around. And, you know, it's kind of the same what you were saying about if he likes something that you're not comfortable wearing, well, wear it when nobody else is around. It's just him. <laughs> so you can make this work Um so that you can accomplish, you know, what's going to be okay with you and also accomplish what's going to please him. Love that. Number five is to tell him you're proud of him. Oh, talk to us about this because this is really important. This is, and I, I kind of have a story I like to tell about the, I call her the elevator woman. And, you know, um, if you worked in a, in a, your husband worked in a big city, there probably going to be some gal on the elevator. There might be some day or some gal in the office that comes by and says, bats or eyelashes at your husband and says, oh, 
You do such an awesome job at work. I just really admire what you do. Well, or maybe there's a gal some other place that, that stops by and, and she says, mm, I love the way you smell. Your aftershave is wonderful. Well, our husband will be susceptible to that unless we are the ones sharing those things with them. And if you know, I, I keep thinking, I don't want the elevator woman to be the only woman telling him how awesome he is. I want to be the woman that says, I am so proud of the job you do. I'm thankful that you're, you're working and you're continuing to help support us here in the home. I'm thankful for the way you do this. I appreciate that. I'm proud of you, and I am so happy to be married to you. Now, there's times that I have to just, you know, say, just hug me. Because maybe at that moment I'm not happy about something he did. <laughs> Which we can have days or months like that sometimes. But yet we're still proud of them. You know, proud that he's still coming home. Proud that he's still there. And so being the one that says that, we really can turn down their desire to have to listen and get that attention from someone else. As I had one girlfriend who's a, she's a, she's a chaplain's wife and she's, um, she, she um, also likes guns. And I said, what would you do if I came up and said to your husband, hey, Jim, you're really awesome. I really like this. I'd pull my gun out and point it at you right away. <laughs> she was joking, but she's saying, leave your hands off of my man. You know? Right, right. And so when we're saying those things to our husbands, then they're not as, when someone else does it, because we can't stop somebody else from saying nice things, but they won't be as attracted to that. It's so important, and it's important. I remember one time um, some book or something had challenged me to uh, just write down my expectations. What were my real expectations of Dave? And so I wrote down a couple things like, you know, I, I expected him to, you know, do this or that. And and my list was very short, and I always feel very proud about that <laughs> because I didn't really expect too much. And then I started having thoughts like, oh, my goodness, but if he, like, laid around all day on the couch and – and, you know, drank beer and burped, uh, that would not work for me. So even though I don't have it on my list of expectations that he doesn't do that, that would be really difficult for me, and he doesn't do that. And so sometimes you have to kind of look at it backwards. If you can't think of anything to, for, to be proud about him in the forward way where it's just like jumping out at you, think about it backwards. Um, is he, like, faithful to you, or is he a good dad, or has he ever communicated love to you in any way um those are the things that you can think okay some other guys maybe wouldn't have done that there's a lot of men who wouldn't have done that or who are doing something that i would hate and he's not doing that so sometimes you have to kind of look at it in the other way you know i I always say tides in or tides out you know tides in it's like super easy to think loving thoughts and you know feel really loved and all that and then tides out it's like oh my goodness I don't think there's a good redeemable thing about this marriage or this man, you know. And so I think you just have to say, where am I and how can I make it work from the position I'm in right now? And remember when tides out, tides will come back in. Just hang in there. (laughs) Number six. Yes, find out what he wants to watch on TV and then watch it with him. Um, There's another thing that happens is that many times our men just want us to be there. They don't necessarily, some of them want us to talk, but a lot of men just want our company. All of our husbands will. And to, a special way, whether you like the show or not, is to find something that he wants to watch and be there with him. Now, my husband enjoys watching football, and we've watched football for 37 years. Um, 
And I finally got, so I actually understand enough of the game that I can really like it now when I'm watching it. But at first I didn't. And so we, but we'd still turn on the football game and we were sharing time together. Um, I like to do cross-stitch. So I, I get these big cross-stitch projects and I sit and do something I like to do while we're watching football. But we're talking too. We like to turn off the, the commercials too so we can talk during commercials. But that gives us some time to talk. So we're actually doing something together. He's getting something he really likes. Now he's decided he also likes to watch golf, which I'm happy to learn how that sport goes. Um, but it's something we can do together. It's something that makes him happy. And does it, really, it doesn't really make me that unhappy, particularly when I can find something I enjoy doing while, while watching it with him. But it really makes him happy when I'm there with him. It's that shared activity. I, I don't have the physical stamina to go do some of the physical things he does, and I can't go join him on some of those, but I can sit and do this with him. And so um, it also says it's not all about me. If we only watch my TV shows, uh, my husband had made a comment recently that I was watching too much HGTV. He says, oh, we're going to watch that again? <laughs> and that's about the time I knew it was time to find a show he liked to watch and, um, and find something that he enjoyed. Because it said, you're important to me. It's not just about me. It's about you, too. Mm. Yeah, I have a harder time relating to that one than some of the other ones, but we're just not real big TV watchers. But there, we need to do find things that um, we can be together doing. I think probably for my husband and I, what we, we do more together is like more like our businesses. You know, we're working together a lot on those, and so maybe not um, – working on the same project, but next to each other working in a similar way. So just however it is that you can find time to be with your spouse, doing things that are important to them, that communicates, I want to be with you. Even if, you know, like watching TV, you're not actually um, doing doing something together. You're actually next to each other watching something. And so there's many ways to accomplish that. Sometimes just even riding along on a trip or, you know, a business trip. I, I've oftentimes gone with Dave on trips where I didn't have anything to do when I got to the location, but uh, just the travel time was worth it to just be together. So, yeah, totally love that. You, the next number seven is kind of a fun one. Hide candy kisses in his closet drawers and desks. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> Particularly with Valentine's coming up, you know. Um, it, maybe it's not candy kisses. Maybe it's his other favorite chocolate. They have all kinds of little miniatures of all kinds of candy. Or maybe his favorite isn't chocolate, but you know what his favorite candy is. And just hide it in there. And just as a way to uh, to say, hey, I, it, they kind of come up with surprises then. And, you you know, you're like, oh, well, look, there's another one here. Well, there's another one. I guess she really was. And all that really says is I've taken a minute to get your favorite candy at the store, the grocery store. And to find some places that I know you're going to look, but they aren't right out in the open, and you'll have to, and you'll find these neat little surprises. Um, you know, it's I, I was watching a show in, in the gallop in the door, and there was all these rose petals. Well, that's what they talk about for gals is rose petals, but I know my husband couldn't stand getting rose petals. But <laughs> getting him his favorite chocolate, now that's something that just mm-hmm. says, hey, you're special to me, and I've taken just a few minutes to say. I think you're awful sweet. <laughs> Don't I love play on the word sweet there, but that's, you know. You can, buy a stick, you can stick a note in there, too, with one or two of them. Or you can make it like a scavenger hunt, you know. Um, oh, my husband has his favorite coffee mug. I, I haven't done this one in a while. I may have to buy some, go buy his favorite chocolates now. And I'm, um, I was just thinking about that. 
and put one in his favorite coffee cup you know he's going to get. Um, now, I don't know whether he would actually take them. I might have to put it in front of it because my husband might just grab the cup and go run it over to get water right. in it without <laughs> looking to see what was in it. <laughs> so you have to know your own husband and what, what kinds of places he's going to go. But, but just another fun little way to say, hey, I'm thinking about you and you're special. That's the big thing. We get so busy in life that we forget to take these little moments to say, you're important to me. Out of all the things that are going on in my life, you're really important to me. And mm-hmm. I just want you to know how special you are. And mm-hmm. um, that's what these little things are about, special ways to say I love you. Mm, that's so great. I love that. And I was thinking my sister recently had, um, uh, her husband was coming home from a trip, and she had put Post-it notes all over the house. I love you. Welcome home. Missed you. Kisses, hugs. You know, all that kind of thing. Just all everywhere he went. There were these post-it notes. And he came in and saw the first one and smiled. And then after a while, he was laughing. And, you know, it's just kind of a fun way, once again, to just take a few minutes and just say, uh, you are so special to me that I took time to do something out of the ordinary to recognize how much I how much I love you and how much you mean to me. So this is Marnie Swedberg. Uh, we're visiting today with Joyce Zook of practicalchristianwoman.com. We'll be right back. Talk about some more of the 14 creative ways to say I love you. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. You're visiting with us today on Marnie's Friends, and our topic is 14 Creative Ways to Say I Love You with our guest Joyce Zook of PracticalChristianWoman.com. Joyce, let's talk about the nights when you put the kids to bed early, cook dinner, light candles, and use your imagination. You know, um, sometimes, you know, before the break, we were talking about little things like sticking some kisses in his drawer. Um, Sometimes you just want to go all out, don't you? Yes, and and I tell many gals, I I encourage us gals to keep dating their mate. You know, we dated before we got married, but to keep dating. And that's taking some time alone for just two. But they say, I don't have any money to do that. And do you know these days how much a babysitter costs? I'm thinking, well, there's some inexpensive ways to do that. And this is one of the great ways I like. And that's particularly if you've got little ones to put the kids to bed early. I know that... um, I talked to some other friends, and even when their kids were older, they just knew that on Friday night they had to go in their room at 7 or 8 o'clock at night and, you know, not come out unless they needed a cup of water because mom and dad were going to be um, watching a movie or something in the, in the living room. And so they still found time to get time alone. And then cooking that dinner, um, it, you know, cookie's favorite meal every once in a while. You don't, 
it, you know, we, so often we do fast things because we're so busy. Um, but cooking his favorite meal at home and, and just, you know, again, another way to stay special, lighting candles. I like to light candlelight. For one thing, gals, we all look better in candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, you know, it covers up any wrinkles or any age things we might be dealing with or any other physical flaws we think we have, but in candlelight. And it just kind of sets that romantic mood. Um, and so that's fun. And then you can use your imagination. You can eat your meal in a different room of the house. You could eat your, here's one thing, you could have an appetizer in the living room. Then you could maybe go have your main course at the table where you actually had something to set up on it. And then maybe you wanted to go take your dessert to the bedroom. And then from there, you can continue to use your imagination. Um, Particularly when the kids are in bed and sound asleep. You just shut that bedroom door and enjoy that dessert and whatever else your heart's come up with for um, fun. But, you know, you can eat that meal in different places. You've You haven't spent a lot of money. You've had time alone. You've focused on each other. And I think that's the big thing here is is, is just realizing that it's paying attention to just saying you're special. Um, I know at our house, the lighting, the candles, um, I like to light candles and turn a lot of the lights off or turn them way down low because it says to me, stop, slow down, take a breather, and focus on the person you're with. Um, that may not be something you like to do, but that's what it says for me. It says it slow down. Just relax your moment. Put the mm-hmm. other things aside that you're thinking about, and let's be in this moment. I love that. One of the things I learned, I needed to learn early on in our marriage was when I would do that, sometimes it wouldn't turn out the way that I hoped. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Either there would be a distraction with a child that came up in the middle or um, he would come home distracted or not come home until late or, you know, sometimes, it was just so many things. And I just really had to decide to do these things for Jesus, all of these things that I do for Dave, that I would do them for Jesus. And then if Dave could also appreciate them, that would be my bonus, but that if he didn't, I would still get a good job, well done, my good and faithful servant from my dad, from God, and I could just rest in that. That allowed me to really invest deeply without having so much of the sadness if it didn't go exactly the way I'd hoped. Have you had anything like that happen to you? Well, yes, and and for that reason, I I didn't keep secrets about this when it was going to happen. Um. So some people like to surprise their husband with a special dinner mm-hmm. like that. That didn't work at our house. I needed to tell my husband several days in advance um, um, when I was going to do something like that so that he could be prepared. He'd know to come home and he knew what was going to happen. But then we've also had um, date times where um, I've gone to get the babysitter and um, and with with his job, military job, he couldn't come home for some reason or not to later. Right. But it was really surprising. Once we promised that babysitter a certain amount of money every every week, whether we went out or not, how often we figured out how to go out. We didn't want to waste money. <laughs> so prepay a babysitter for this. Yes. <laughs> that's, and then, that's a great tip. <laughs> <laughs> that way we made sure we got the date in. So 
Love that. Um, that's a that's a great tip. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's talk about number nine, which is to give a call or send an email or maybe even just do a video chat. Uh, maybe out of the blue, something unexpected, or possibly make it a part of your routine. Uh, that it's tip number nine, but it does say "I love you" no matter which way you do it. Mm-hmm. I talked to many gals too, uh, being a, a retired military spat wife. Um, whose hus- the husbands here are off and gone a year at a time. And I've talked with a lot of wives out in the community, too. And their husbands, it's really surprising to me how husbands now, many of them will travel for their work situation. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, you know, and then maybe they, they're gone a week or two, three days, or they only come home on the weekends, or, or they're gone two weeks at a time, and then they come home for a week. Or I, we even have a son now who's a policeman, and so he works um, three days off, three days on, three days off, three days on. And so there's lots of time he's not there. And so Cal said, well, how do I stay connected or, you know, how do I keep any connection there? And these are things you can do when, when he's home. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want to do a video chat when he's at work. You want to make sure you keep the phone calls to bare minimum when he's at work. And that's where texting comes in very nice when they're here. But when they're away or up for travel for their work or for their business, that special email that says, hey, I love you, I want to keep contact with you, um, I know when our, our son was deployed, he, he got to uh, do um, a Skype with his wife and kids every every day, and they had a certain time set up because he knew when he was working in a certain time set up that they got to see and talk to Daddy every day. And um, and then when he came home, the little two-year-old didn't recognize him in person because he wasn't in the computer. So <laughs> it like, took a little while for that to happen, for him to see that, you know, Daddy mm-hmm. could also be in person because um, he didn't remember a lot. Mm-hmm. But this, you know, this little way, and now we have the advantage of text. I should have put text on this list, too, because sometimes, you know, in the middle of a busy day, if you're thinking about your husband, you can just say, thinking about you, or love you, or XOXO. And um, now, this is one of those things, though, you're going to need to check with your own husband. Is this too disrupting and interrupting to what his job is? Or is this something you'd actually appreciate? Um I know with my husband's job, he really did not want me doing that. He didn't want to receive any messages from me unless it was an emergency, um, just because of the job he had. He didn't want to be interrupted at all in that. Uh, in case of an emergency, I mean, I mean, actually, one time I went to the doctor's office, had bad news, and just drove straight over to his office and sat there and waited for him to get free to talk to me. Um, you know, so we need to do that sometimes. But but if your husband doesn't want that kind of thing. Then, then honor his wishes on that. Right, right. Um, and so, but they can be, particularly when they're gone, we need to try to keep finding ways to communicate to each other every day, whether they're home or they're away from home. Mm. Kind of feeds into point number 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, to keep that journal for him to wave when he gets home. Again, I said, I, I, I'm a retired military wife, but we've had some gals whose husbands would go to some places um, Afghanistan or, or Iraq or various places like that where they could not communicate with them on a regular basis due to security reasons or or just the lack of Internet service or phone service um, in some of these third world, world countries. And so they say, how do I tell him what's going on? Or, or maybe he only has two minutes to talk. I can't tell him what all has been happening. And particularly if you've got kiddos at home and they're gone for long periods of time, a journal where you're writing down what happened or, oh, the baby said her first word today. Oh, Johnny took his first step. Susie, Susie just won, won her first soccer game today, you know. And those kinds of things that you could share or or to say, you know, 
of being able to write how blue you feel with your husband being gone. Maybe that's not something you want to say right now because you want to keep him him happy and positive and upbeat at his job, whether it's in the military or at some other place working wherever they work. But you really do feel blue, <laughs> and you want to tell somebody. And so that journal also gives you something to share from when you come home and say, you know, here's just some things that happened while you were gone. And um, sometimes I do feel really blue when you're gone, and, and I really miss you. And, um, you know, you can just work through that sometimes. And so um, we've got to have some place sometimes just to share what's going on inside of us, particularly if our husbands are gone and there's no one else to really share with. There's some things you can share with a girlfriend, some things you might want to share with your mom or a sister. But there's a lot of things that just really shouldn't be shared that way, and they're, they're really just between you and your husband. And, um, and that's where a journal can come in handy. That and also keep it with your prayers and other things that you've been praying for. Um, so you're praying also for your, you know, for your husband, praying for the kids, praying for the family. One thing a friend did recently was um, for a year she kept a journal, and every single day she wrote down one thing that her husband had done that day that made her smile. And some days she had to really work at that. <laughs> but uh, other days it came quite naturally. And then on his birthday the next year she gave it to him. And he just, at first he just kind of glanced at it and didn't really pay much attention to it. But as the days went by, he spent more and more time in it and um, sometimes to tears. And um, it's just really something when you think about them when they're not there and you have proof that you did, um, it really communicates love to them. The the 11th tip that you have um, is to keep the home routines the same. So why do you, why do you suggest that? Well, again, this is um, when guys are gone a lot or, or your husband's. I, I had another gal down in San Antonio. Her husband was traveling. Um, during the week, and he was home, usually came home late Friday night or, or sometime on Saturday and had to leave again late Sunday night. And if you change the routines a whole bunch and they ate, you can have some things that may be different. But if the things are staying the same, if your husband has to travel a lot for work or even just coming out of the house, that they're still the same. It means what we have agreed on together of, say, when we're going to have our meals, when the kids go to bed, how we're going to discipline um, when we're going to go to church, what church we're going to go to. When those things stay the same as, as my husband and I have, agree, have agreed on, then that means I like what we're doing. I like on what we've agreed on. And because of that, that's a good thing to keep going. It also makes it very easy for him to come in and out, out of the house. Our older son um, several years ago sent me a Mother's Day card that I, I still can say all the words what he wrote on it almost over and over again. And, and because he said, Mom, um, you did, did a lot of life, a lot of our life with we were going with those kids as a single mom. Not because I was a single mom, but because my husband was gone so much with, with his job and the military. But he said, you made it seamless when Dad came in and out of the house. And so the kids grew up knowing that Dad really was the head of our house and that Mom and Dad had agreed on what was going on. So when Dad came home, there was, no, there was no cause for tension. Well, we don't do it that way when you're not here. Well, Mom doesn't do it that way. Well, you know, and, or, you know, it was the same. And, it, and therefore, it, it, caught, it made for stability regardless of what else was going on around in our lives. Hmm. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. 
We're visiting today with Joyce Zook, the author of the book, 12 Keys for Marriage Success. And we're going to come right back and talk about the last of the 14 tips or 14 ways to say I love you. And we'll be right back. Okay, you guys, let's take just a moment to talk about what's coming up next. First of all, next week is writer's training. Proofreading secrets of best-selling authors right here at Marnie's Friends, or you can find it at marniesfriends.com. Also coming up on February 23rd is the 2016 Mission Vision Boot Camp. Don't want to miss that over at marnie.com. And in March, really excited to have our final roster ready, and the Bible Study Expo is ready for you to register Bible study book, and that is going to be over at BibleStudyExpo.com on Thursday, March 17th, starting at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Got a awesome office to get to meet. There will be Facebook and sort of parties going on during that expo, so I have to go over there right now and register to take part in this year's Bible Study Expo. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you're joining us for a special program uh, on love, 14 creative ways to say I love you with our special guest today, Joyce Zook of PracticalChristianWoman.com. Joyce, let's go ahead and talk about one of the things that we can do to say I love you that isn't directly to his face, um, but something we can do for our spouse or partner that lets him know that we truly care. Yes. Praying for him. Um, you know, many times we want to complain about him, but we will get so many more results when we pray for him. Um, I, I hear a lot of gals say that they want to try to get their husband to change. Well, the most likely person to get your husband to change is not you, but God. And the way you could tell God what you'd want is to pray for your husband. You know, we can pray that, that his ears and heart will be open to what the Lord's trying to show to him. And we pray for wisdom for him at his work. We can pray for favor in, what, in whatever work or, or business or ministry he's doing. We can pray, Lord, that, that, that he'll, his heart will be strong. Um, he, we can pray for our marriages. But I, if, if he's gone and you can't see him, or try to picture him in your head or have a picture that you can look at, it helps you connect with really who you're praying for. And and that prayer not only unites your your heart with with your husband, but also gives you can give all your cares and concerns. And the person that has absolutely no problem at all hearing all the things you don't like about your husband is God. But then you can also pray, Lord, and make change my heart or change my husband or help us to work things out together so we can come to some solution on some of these things. So prayer is so key to um, building your husband up, saying I love you, and also strengthening a marriage. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And it, it does, um, I know for Dave and I, when we when we pray together before we have a conversation, it changes the entire conversation because when we come before God, it, it puts us in the right position. Both of us very humble, both of us recognizing, you know, we're just small, God's big. And when I pray for him, even when he's not with me, it's the same kind of a response in my own spirit. The things that have been agitating me or the things that might agitate me become smaller and God becomes bigger. And prayer has so many benefits even beyond 
the result of the prayers, which is that God answers prayer, and he does love to bless um, bless those who we pray for. But even the change in me is so much, Joyce, when I pray for him compared to when I don't. Yes, that's so true, Marnie. It is. And and when I change my when when I start to pray, many times I'll be praying for something for my husband and God will say, But Joyce, what about you? Maybe you need to look at this differently. Maybe you need to start looking for the good things he's doing. Maybe you're the one that needs to forgive. Um, you know, and so God will as I pray for my husband, sometimes God says, you know, Part of this is about you, and are you really wishing the very best for your husband and his career? Um, and, and are you willing to do what it takes to support him in that? Um, and so there is this two-way, yes, we're praying for our husband, but because we're talking with God, God's also communicating back with us, and that, and that can change us at the same time we, we ask for God's blessing on our loved ones. Absolutely. I I think back to the book uh, by Evelyn Christensen, Lord Change Me. And I remember as a young wife going through that and taking groups of women through that book, and it would just be so irritating to me that it seemed like every problem that existed in the world and in my marriage and in my life and with my kids and in every way, it was all about God wanting to change me. And I was like, I just wish you would just want to change somebody else for once, just change him for once. But the reality is that God really loves us, and a lot of times our marriages are a huge, huge way that God grows us up in him. He uses the marriage to bring things to the surface that would otherwise not be surfaced in our own selfishness, in our own wrong thinking, and he uses those to really conform us to the image of Christ. And it's a gift, even though at the time maybe it doesn't feels so much like a gift, but prayer does change things. Prayer changes us. Okay, what's number 13? Number 13 is to stay involved with a local women's ministry group for love and support through the tough times. That might be a group at your church, a women's Bible study. Maybe you've got a close one or two girlfriends that you get together that are Christian believers and, and you can support each other. Um, we, we need that, whether we're working or we're home. We need some other contact with other women. And, 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 I really do feel that we need sometimes not to talk bad about our husbands or to talk about our husbands, but to just sometimes just to share what's like with, with being with another woman. I was sitting in a Bible study group last night, and and, um, and I was sitting there and, and listening to the other ladies, and I thought, oh, she had bad stuff happen in her week too. <laughs> oh, she's struggling with the problem. Because it made me feel like I'm not alone. Sometimes, particularly as women, we're either working a job, we're off by ourselves, or if you're a mom at home, you're at home with the kids, and that's all you hear about, and you don't realize that other people are, are sharing, are having some very, sharing some very similar experiences. Plus, um, I have to go back with my military heritage and background here. When your husbands are gone, you need to rely on someone, and and um, that that. We've gotten so much to being an internet friendship. Yes, I have my friends on Facebook and things, but they're not the one that's going to come over to my house if I need something um, while my husband's gone. Um, they're not the, they're not my girlfriend that brought me pizza when I had really hurt my leg, um, you know, because those were the people. My husband was out of town at the time, so those were the people that could come and. But we have to support us, but we have to build those relationships. And, and for me, through the years of over 30 years of being in women's Bible studies um, and small group studies, I found that these groups have actually the place where I normally find my friendships. We moved many, many times with the military, actually 17 military moves in 
26 different homes over 37 years. And and I need friendships every time I move. And those Bible study groups, um, whether it's a daytime or an evening study or a, or a couple study or a, a women's study, have been the place where I found women with like interests, like situations, and we can connect and, and how to find friends. Um, sometimes you can find friends other places, but the easiest place for me to find somebody else I can talk to has been in a women's Bible study group. I just be honest about that. And um, one thing is our military has tried all different kinds of ways of how to support the military families. But those that have been involved in women's Bible studies have said that that's the best support they've ever had when their husbands were gone for long periods of time. And mm. so um, it's just, it's, and, and I was just seeing this study here at this church we're at, and they were just saying, I had to find some place to connect in. I was, I was feeling isolated. And so when we do that, we're again taking care of our personal needs, which means we aren't relying on our husbands to meet every single need we have. We've developed a framework and a network of friends and people we can be around that will help support us in our, in our marriage with our husband. So therefore, I can give my husband what he needs as a man. I'm not looking for him to be my best girlfriend. I, you, you know, know I, you, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I remember years ago finally coming to the realization that most of the things that really bugged me about Dave were that he wasn't a girl. And then I was really happy that he wasn't a girl. But, I mean, honestly, sometimes we look to them and think that they should be intuitive and perceptive like a girlfriend, that they should, you know, be able to read our minds like a girlfriend can, that they should be able to do all these, you know, kind of um, gentle, soft, you know, pretty feminine things like a girlfriend could. And they just really aren't built for that, that really God didn't mean for them to do that. And so our girlfriends really have a special place in our lives. They don't replace our spouse, of course, but they do allow us to be a better spouse. And I think that's why you're saying, it's saying I love you to him when you don't expect him to be your best girlfriend as well as your husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we want to, we want to be his best friend and 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 his lover, but he's not our best girlfriend. And there is right. that very big difference because he there is a difference. We <laughs> yeah, big difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number fourteen. Oh, this one can be applied a couple different ways. It's plan something special for when he comes home. Maybe it's chocolate chip cookies, a special dinner night out, or a special outfit just for him to see. This is if your husband's gone, he goes away on a trip, or he's been deployed with the military. Maybe you just need a special annual getaway, and that might be what you need to plan special. But planning something special that's just for him. Um, one gal said every time her husband came back, she always had a fresh batch of chocolate chip, chip cookies for him. Um, some other people have said, oh, we're going to try to arrange some exchanging babysitters with the neighbors and, and have a special dinner or, or a night out. And then and then there are times, and right now we're getting real close to Valentine's, so if you go to the stores, you'll find tons of red and pink frilly, um, frilly stuff of all kinds of things around. And there are things that just something special that would be just for your husband's eyes. And and doing that, again, says, I thought about you. And Gal say, oh, but I can't stand looking at myself in those things, those negligee things or whatever they're getting. And I said, well, then, if you're me, you can just take your glasses off and you don't see much. Um, <laughs> or don't look in the mirror or turn the lights out and light a single candle. I look 20 again when I do that. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I think I look like. <laughs> but he get you know, men and women, men and women have different desires, and we we like to look at different things. So that's doing something that really is special. I know the first time we took an annual night getaway, we just got a motel in our down in our local little town. And we had a gal come in that we knew could spend the overnight with the kids. And we were gone less than 24 hours. But it totally rejuvenated our marriage. I didn't have to change a diaper. I didn't have to pick up a single toy. I didn't right. have a single kid coming and saying, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. <laughs> right. right. And we got to focus on each other. Yeah, so, which is just so important. That That's really kind of uh, the the focus of all of this is that – when you love somebody, you actually do take time to focus on them apart from the rest of the world at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And, and that's often in our busy lives is something we have to plan into our lives. None of these things will happen if you don't intentionally decide to do them. Um, it, it, it has to be a choice we make. It has, it, and therefore, it's going to take a little bit of our time. Um, but it doesn't have to take very long. Uh, it can mm. And and you will reap so much ben, many more benefits out of it by showering your husband with love. Um, it's surprising how much he wants to turn around and give that back to you as you shower love on him. Mm. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We've been visiting today with Joyce. Joyce, thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. It's been my pleasure. I just I love to encourage gals to love on their husbands. And uh there you know, he's he's that man you wanted to marry and so just showering with your love. Mm, that's so great. Keep reinvesting into that commitment you made early on because it was a great choice and now you just have the opportunity to walk that out um by choice the rest of your life and to find creative ways to say I love you. Uh if you want to learn more about Joyce, be sure to go over and check out her website practicalchristianwoman.com when you get over there there's all kinds of great stuff available to you she's a speaker and author and she also does training programs so you want to check all that out there she's also a featured speaker over at womenspeakers.com and I hope you will check that out thanks so much for being here and we will see you next time Marty's friends have a great Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com.